Welcome to Emil Franzink's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant good Saturday to you. I'm Harry Alexander. On the other side of the glass is uh, my good friend and co-host Bunker de France. And this is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday, and by golly, we are here. We weren't here last week because um, somebody was ill, and that would have been me. You were ill. I was. I t- tend to be, tend yeah. to be like that sometimes. Well, uh, that's that's life. You know, and, you know you, you, with every uh, little bit of rain, you get a daffodil. And well, there frog. you go. That's that pretty much it. You so, got the frog. We are waiting. Uh, today's program, by the way, what we're going to be doing here is uh, talking about probably, I think a lot of people would consider one of the greatest stuntmen alive, uh, uh, stuntmen in uh, movies, certainly in history. The, in history. They're certainly the father of the modern day uh, stunts, and that would be Yakima Canut. And that would actually be Enos Edward Canut. Oh, right. How did he get the name Yakima? We're waiting on Neil Summers to call, by the way. So, uh, well, he was rodeoing up in Washington area, and he had he had won one of the rodeos and one of the local papers uh, doing a write up. Uh, in fact, I think it was the rodeo announcer said that he was, you know, was cowboy from Yakima, you know, and it got written up in the paper, and somehow or another, it stuck. 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 It stuck. It stuck. Stuck. It, yeah, it's stuck on them. <laughs> so, that's German for stuck. I see. So basically, that that's it. And, and yeah, that's the whole show. Now we can go. Oh, on. all right. Well, well let me let me thanks do the, for thanks for joining us, do, folks. Let me we'll, do uh, the we'll cowboy t- news. Yeah. Yeah, we're do waiting the, do for the Neil cowboy here. news. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, for folks that are follow quarter horse racing, uh, going back that are old enough to remember, uh, fella passed away, Jerry Nicodemus. He was one of the top quarter horse riders, uh, especially up at Rio Dosa and out at Los Lomitas. Uh, he passed away Wednesday before last uh, up at Rio Dosa, where I'm, where I'm from, and it's at 73 years of age. He was a American Quarter Horse Hall of Fame jockey, won three All-American Quarter Horse fraternities, four champion of champions at Los Angeles, California, he had 6,347 career races, won 1,252 of them. Uh, his winning percentage was 20%. Lifetime earnings. This is not bad for a fellow that made his living off of a horseback. Mm-hmm. $18,888.75. Wow. That's a lot of that's a lot of hay. So if if, yeah. if he was the the big man in quarter horse racing, he was one he, of the big ones. Yeah. He more than likely raced here in Tucson. That's very possible, yeah, because this is the home of quarter that's horse right. racing. That's right. He also in front of the uh, American Quarter Horse Association headquarters is a life size uh, statue of uh, Nick mm-hmm. and of Dash for Cash, which he rode to win one of the All American Quarter Horse fraternities. Now, moving on over into other news, just a reminder that the 11th Annual Tucson Festival of the Books is coming up March 2nd and 3rd. The uh, WWA will be out there with their two booths, the uh, uh, Amigos and Ladies of the West. That's where all of the riders gather. And, of course, the WWA booth, and there will be various restaurant riders there at mm-hmm. all times 
talking to you about their books, about the, about all of that good stuff. And we'll be out there, not broadcasting, but we'll be out there. Yeah, we'll be out there. And just to, this is just a little on a kind of a personal side here for Harry. Um, this issue of True West Magazine has a nice review of uh, Doug Hawkins' The Black Legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, about, uh, and also, and I know you'll appreciate this. I'm sure I will. Our short biography of? I'll bite. Morgan Woodward. Hey. And it's a good one. It's a darn good one. That's, I learned that's a whole my bunch guy. Of stuff. That's my now, guy. Now, these are just the last two, and then we'll move on to something, something more exciting. Uh, tomorrow is Civil War Days out at Old Tucson, mm-hmm. and they'll charge you an arm. They overcharge you out there. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Uh, bless them for doing it, but you know they should make it where people can afford it. Yeah, almost twenty dollars for an, an adult. Now, a man and his wife, and they got four kids. Wow. You know, there's a hundred bucks that, gone. That, that's steep, sure. man. Uh, also, uh, tomorrow, the women in railroading at the uh, Transportation Museum downtown. Mm-hmm. They're, at the, they're at, the, at the depot. Uh, they have a. They're going to have a panel and be talking about early day women in railroading, and they're, they're going to tell you about a young lady who, through a thunderstorm, thundering thunderstorm, went from the bridge two miles up the track with a lantern to stop the train because the bridge was out. That's dedication. That's it. Yeah. Now back to the show. Now, unless back, you got something. Well, I was just going to do all of those housekeeping goodies Ooh, that uh, we normally do. If, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation with us uh, about Yakima Canute or anything else, for that matter, regarding the Old West, that's what we're here for. Uh, the phone number, is, if for those of you watching on the YouTube channel, it is scrolling across the top of the screen. It is 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. That's the number to get in touch with us, and uh, we'll get you on the air live. You can also uh, send us a uh, an email, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. That information's down there. Uh, let's see, we've already covered the YouTube channel, our Facebook page. We don't broadcast over Facebook any longer, but maybe start that again. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And, and uh, coming up after this program, go. we've got some really cool old-time radio westerns. And tonight, it's the adventures of uh, the Cisco Kid and Poncho. We watched them yesterday. We watched one yesterday, yes. Yeah. And uh, also, Tales of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae. Yeah, uh, let me back up here. Every Friday, Bunker and I get together for breakfast and just shoot the breeze and whatnot. And uh, normally we meet at uh, a really nice cafe here in Tucson. Well, my wife is out of town, and I've got the dog with me, and the dog don't go to restaurants because all he does is beg. You know, so <laughs> Well, he won't pay. And, uh, yeah, and he won't pay either. <coughs> I mean, we, we've tried that. So uh, Bunker came over to my place and fired up the... Uh, uh, the TV and the YouTube. Scrambled and eggs and nice thick bacon. There you go. And some coffee and... Uh, Two cups. T- yeah. And we just... We watched Westerns. We, yeah. What did we... We watched uh, Cisco. We watched... Uh, well, we watched The Bush Roper. The Bush Roper. Which was Producers Playhouse with... Screen, uh, producers, and what, yeah. a, what a cast. Walter Brennan. Yeah. Olive Carey. Yeah. Edgar Buchanan. Yeah. Chuck Connors wearing a shirt that he must have bought for the show from Nudies because <laughs> well, it, it looks like it should have been in the Singing Cowboy. Yeah, and much. Lee Aker, the young boy yeah. from Hondo. And it was it was a, a different and really enjoyable. Yeah. 
Well, I think we've got Neil here with us. Oh, okay. Uh, let's pop him on the line and find out if, in fact, he is with us. Neil, are you there? I'm here. I had a little bit of technical problem getting through on this phone. I am here in the house. Yay. Well, you know, you you got to use your finger to push the buttons. Otherwise, you know, it just it doesn't go beep, beep, beep without them. Oh, I was using my nose. That's where I went wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll happen every time. I thought maybe you were trying to do a stunt with the phone or something. <laughs> well, you've done that. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, well, I, you already I know what I like about... to do with it is put it under my car and back over it. There you go. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Well, you ready to talk about yeah? Well, uh, you know, uh, say that again. Are you ready to talk about old Yakima? Cannot? Oh, I got all kinds of lies. I got all kinds of lies. <laughs> well, you know, before we start, I want to I want to give a little personal connection here. I'm going to show a picture. You can't see it, Neil, because you don't have the YouTube, but it's a picture of me, Yakima Kanut, and Art Bradford. And every once in a while, uh, Art would give me a call, and we'd meet on a Saturday up the street from Yak's Place on Riverside. There's a little coffee shop there, and have coffee and just visit, you know. And the very first time I got the call was like, whoa, boy. And it was my, uh, Art, myself, mm-hmm. and, of course, Yak, and a young, another young fella, that uh, young stunt guy that wanted to meet Yak. So we're sitting there and, you know, settling in. And the young guy right off the bat starts asking a question about stunts. Mm. And Yak just clammed up, and you could see him. He was getting ready to yeah, leave. Right. And I just I, I said, well, hey, Yak, tell me about that Roosevelt Trophy you won. So for the next hour and a half, all we talked about was Yak and his rodeo days. Nice. He didn't want to talk about the stunts or the movies. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, Neil, you've got, uh, I imagine, a lot of personal experiences with uh, Yak as well. So why why don't you go ahead and start off uh, our talk here about uh, the greatest stuntman in history? First of all, only in a hundred years of the Academy Awards, there's only been two stuntmen that got an Academy Award. One was Hal Needham just a few years ago, and the other one was Jack. And Charlton Hested uh, uh, presented it to him, and he uh, gave a flowering introduction, and he said he was the best bar none. He invented the stunt profession, and that came out of Charlton Heston mm-hmm. on the Academy Awards. Yeah, yeah and that, that clip is available on... The YouTube also. If, uh, well, I got another Yak story, oh, okay. and then we can get into the real stuff here. Go, go for it. But, uh, you know, because he lived just up the road from me there when I was living in Victor French's guest house. And a lot of times I'd drive by and I'd see him out there in the yard watering. Sometimes I'd stop and say hi and just go on. Well, one Saturday I'm going by and it, his wife's having a yard sale out there and he's off in the corner <laughs> uh, watering. So I pulled in, you know, and said howdy, went over and looked at a couple of goodies and then walked back to, to visit with him a little bit. And he's standing there, and you can tell he ain't happy with all with this the yard going sale. On. Well, here comes this lady and her little girl walking in down the down the driveway to the where the garage and the sale is. And I look at him, he's got this look in his eye, and I says, I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. He says, what? Mm-hmm. I says, you'd like to squirt them, wouldn't you? <laughs> and he got that little sly smile of his, and he went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where do we begin? I mean, uh, Well, let's see. Uh, he was born November yeah, let's do uh, 29th in 1895. He passed away in 18, uh, 19, yeah, 1986 in North Hollywood. It's where 
Actually, his home was in Studio City, but that's all right. He was active for uh, six over 60 years, from 1912 to 1975, born up in Colfax, Washington. And, uh, you know, he was his occupation basically all his life was rodeo, stuntman, stunt coordinator, director, actor. Uh, you know, that's kind of the, the very beginnings. Now, now prior to him getting uh, the notoriety that he's obviously going to get, the when stunts were done in the silence, were I mean there weren't doubles, were there? I mean these guys were all doing their own stunts, right? Yes and no. Just like you know, again, you know, if in very very early days, yeah, they all did their own stuff, right. and especially in the silence and in the early mm-hmm. the early serials like mm-hmm. that, but. Uh, you know, it wouldn't. It would not. You know, if you hit, say if you're making one of these things and you got a, a, an actor on there that's sixty some odd years old, and he's yeah. supposed to fall down and fight his dead. Right. They'd probably throw a dummy down the stairs or a stuntman. Where I'm trying to get to is how how is it that this is the one man who was able to create what he created? Well, you want to you want to fire in on that one? Well, it was just the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, beginning film industry and as is well known he did all the uh, John Wayne Bean films and uh, they single-handedly perfected the screen fight and whatever but uh, you know uh, everybody all the cowboys came out of the hills of Montana and Colorado and Utah and they they were called the Gower Bunch guys Mm -hmm. and uh, they worked in hundreds and hundreds of these films but uh it's like a Bunker says, uh, actors can't do everything, so that's what stuntmen were invented for. <laughs> but uh, it's a fallacy that everybody did their stunts. Tom Mix has been proven he didn't do all of his. Ken Maynard didn't do all of his. Nobody can do everything. Right. But uh, Yak got in the, the dawn of the, the film business, and uh, Bunker and I worked on a, one of his last films, Rio Lobo. He did the big train wreck sequence in the first 15 minutes mm-hmm. of that film. And then, well, they shot it in Mexico, but then they moved to Tucson. And uh, Steve and I got on and finished that film up. But uh, Yak just came up to the ranks, perfected his camera technique. He knew all the lenses. And he doubled everybody that he could double. But uh, that's what his life was, was uh, films. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, a little, a little bit of history. You may know, may not know, or the audience may not know, where Yakima came from. And he was at a rodeo, and the uh, the announcer said, "Now we've got this cowboy from Yakima, who's a Yakima, who is up next." And that's where it stuck. And that, that was what he was known as. Obviously, his real name, I believe, was Enos. And his uh, sons, his sons also uh, followed in Dad's footsteps, and and. Uh, did stunts and stunts coordinating and second unit direction, right? Tapping Joe. Yeah. He's, and his daughter. Hunter. Yeah. Did it... Go <laughs> ahead. No, I did. Well, you know, you, you know I, I think you, one thing that you cannot uh, overlook with Yak's career is that he was probably one of the greatest bronc riders that ever lived. Hmm. You know, he won the Roosevelt Trophy. He had three years in a row, he won Fort Worth. Uh, he was. Uh, World champion cowboy three times. 
he was a bulldogger or a roper. And right off the bat, when he, I think it was at Pendleton, it was his, his I think one of his first Pendletons, he won second over, overall. Wow. And the promoters saw something in this guy, and they encouraged him to go out on the circuit. And that's, and back then, you know, it was like they were paid actually mm-hmm. to rodeo. Hmm. And then, of course, the prize money, because it was like the Wild West shows in a sense. They had to have a cadre of really good cowboys to, you know, sell the to sell the show. You just mm-hmm. couldn't have a bunch of bumpkins mm-hmm. uh, bounce it off. His first wife, uh, Kitty, she was. Uh, he met her at one of the rodeos. She was a couple years older, and she had just won the women's world's championship. Uh, riding saddle broncs and like that. And she won that two years in a row, and they were married for about a year or two. And, and then later on, he married uh, the uh, lady that became the, the mother of his mm-hmm. three children. Mm-hmm. But his his horse work is, you know, that's one of the things I think, it, like Neil said, he him and Wayne perfected the movie fight, but he was such a horseman that he could see the potentials of things you could do with a horse that mm-hmm. one of these guys, you know, they, they just didn't look that far ahead. He, he you know, basically invented the L-step, you know, which was, you could use for transfers. It made saddle falls easier. You know, how many, you just think how much easier it was for us, Neil, with the stuff he brought along. Wow. Wow. Well, wow. also, uh, the trained horses... Very few and far between until the 40s, the middle 40s, early 40s. Everything else, they just cabled it off and ran it out to the end of the cable. Mm-hmm. And it's called a running W. And they, every, they killed tons and tons of horses in the early stages. Hmm. And uh, this is what the environment was on the film business. You had a $5 cowboy if you got shot off the horse. And that's what they got was $5 a day. Mm-hmm. Or you had a $3 killer horse out of the uh, slaughter pens, and if it got if you got away with it, 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 it the horse didn't get killed or break his neck, and uh, it evolved into the film business as we know. And uh, Yak put in seventy some odd years in front of the camera. He did things not just cowboy movies. He did things like El Cid. He did the chariot race on uh, on uh, Ben Hur. His son Joe doubled uh, Stephen Bourne. No, he don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, Stephen Boyd, I guess it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole though. family was uh, was uh, orientated into that that line of work. Guys, we have to take our first break here. Okay, we're coming up on that, and uh, so that means it is time to do the. Uh, why won't you do start? Here? here we go. I got to make that start. <laughs> That's what I have to do. Push the button, Harry. Push the button. Use yeah. your nose like Push Neil the does. button. All right. We'll be right back with much more <laughs> of Emil Francie's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Do stay tuned. Well, we are back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Uh, technical issues. And, of course, there's always technical issues. Uh, whenever I have issues with that. Harry. I know. That whenever this program is on, there's always technical issues because... Because <laughs> we're here. Because there just are. And <clears throat> I've, I've kind of learned to deal with it. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's go back a little bit to some of the early let, days. Let me re, get... Re, uh, get where we're where we're going. Well, this is Abel Francis' Voices oh, okay. of the West. We are talking with uh, stuntman Neil Summers about 
the granddaddy of them all, of stuntmen, and that would be Yakima Canute, Bunker to France here. Uh, phone number, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, is 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. You can also send us an email at... Uh, Voices of the West at gmail.com. All right, guys, go for it. Well, you know, I want to go back to just before World War One. Uh, in fact, during the early days of the war, before the United States got involved, Yak, between rodeos, was breaking horses for the French government. Wow. Which I thought that's kind of interesting. Then he went into the Navy, was stationed up at Bremerton, uh, and they let him have 30 days leave so he could go off and defend his world's championship. And, of course, then he, you know, he, uh, that was moved on in. One of the interesting things is after he was discharged, he was rodeoing again and decided to spend, uh, he went down to the rodeo in L.A. and decided to winter over there, and he met some of the people in the film industry because by that time he was pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those was uh, Tom Mix, and as Neil said, you know, a lot of these guys, Mix was an old rodeo guy and stuff like Wild West shows. A lot of people don't realize, everybody thinks Mix was this great stuntman. Well, Buck Jones got his start in the picture business doing stunt doubling for Tom Mix. Wow. So, you know, it was it was like an ongoing thing. And Yak, uh, he worked a couple of pictures with the Mix and then went on. But as near as we can tell, his first, uh, first picture was in 1915, Foreman of Bar Z Ranch. And just like uh, probably... I'd say 80 to 80 percent of his work, it was uncredited because that was kind of the way it was back then. And uh, Neil can tell you more about that because you know we know we know about being uncredited. Well, I'm sitting here writing a few things down as you guys are talking, and uh, the people that came up after Yak, and again we all know he paved the way, but uh, Ben Johnson. Won an Academy Award. He came out of rodeo. Dick Farnsworth was nominated for two Academy Awards. Came out of rodeo. Slim Pig. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I'm getting dry. Slim Pickens. You're uh, nominated for an Emmy Award. And he came out of rodeos. So once the word was out, Hollywood filled up with cowboys. But none of them got the notoriety or the uh, respect that the Yak got, uh, there's no other way to put it. There's never been a bigger entity in the motion picture business than John Wayne. There's never been a bigger entity in the stunt profession than Yakima Kanat. You cannot walk away from his shadow. It dominates mm-hmm. the stunt profession. Yes. You know, I mean, Neil was talking about, the, you know, El uh, Cid and some of that stuff. A lot of people don't realize that he went over to uh, England to do Ivanhoe, uh, which was a big picture with Robert Taylor, and he actually taught the English how to do horsework, and you, th- you think some of the English, some of the finest horsemen in the world, but they were double rein guys, and when you're doing jousting, hmm. it's a single rein, it's like cowboy. Sure. And but he and, and he, he so in a, in a sense also he modernized the British stunt industry as far as horsework goes. Well, funny you should mention that because I have a clip here of uh, a guy from England, a uh, stuntman and director. His uh, name is Vic Armstrong, and he talks about uh, Yak's probably most famous uh, uh, stunt, I guess, 
be the transfer. This was in stagecoach, the transfer mm-hmm. from horse to um, to the uh, to the stage horses. So let's uh, give that uh, Neil. You'll be able to hear it, and those of you who are watching the YouTube channel will be able to see it. And if you're not watching the YouTube channel and just listening to the show, well, go to the YouTube channel and you can see this clip. Here we go. I'll do some the smoke most signals. memorable so thing about Yakima's action and stunts in stagecoach, and bearing in mind there are many other stunts in it, but, but the one stunt that everybody remembers is the jump onto the horses, the team, the slide under the stagecoach. The way it was shot, it was incredibly well shot. When you look at it now and you, you realize the, the equipment they were dealing with, they'd have an old truck chassis, flatbed on it, out in the desert. And if you look at it today, it's as smooth as a gyroscope. It's, 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 it's absolutely incredibly shot. You see a man doing it for real. That that is that is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I well, I don't know what else to say. You, you guys go for it, man. Well, you know, just to show you how difficult that stunt is. A few years later, Terry Leonard did that stunt. Not I'm, I'm talking about the one on uh, the Indiana Jones one, but with the stagecoach and got run over. Mm. Because after he got did the horse part, got down underneath, going down to running, and. Somehow or another, the stage hit a bump or something, and it threw him off, and wow. it ran over his legs, cut him really bad. Wow. He came back, but that's just how dangerous that stud is. Why do you guys do this kind of work? I mean... Money. Well, yeah, come on. Because we're crazy. Well, all right, I'll take that over money. <laughs> I mean, you know. Because we never grew up. I see that. Why, do you do it? Why did you do it, Neil? I ever wanted to be was a cowboy in the movies. Mm-hmm. My dad was a doctor, and obviously dads want their sons to follow them uh, in their profession. But I told him, I said, Dad, I said, I'm not going to x-ray cancerous chests the rest of my life. <laughs> I said, I want to be out there with the Lone Ranger, Roy and Gene, and uh, uh, Mr. Wayne. I said, uh, that's for me, the animals, the... the uh... <laughs> Oh, excuse me about this. I must have something coming on, a cold or something. But I knew what I wanted to do. When I was a young kid, I knew what I wanted to do. And uh, once I graduated from high school, I started tracking these films down and uh, wound up working on an Audie Murphy movie at Apache Junction and got my screen screen actor's card out of it. And a few years later, uh, Henry Wills, who was the stunt coordinator on uh, High Chaparral, he came up to me one day and he said, Neil, he said, listen, he said, you're going to spend the rest of your life out here, meaning in Tucson, to uh, work for $10 a day. And that's what we were getting was $10 a day because Arizona is a right-to-work state. Mm-hmm. But the pay scale back in the 60s was $10 a day. And he said, oh, do you want to come to Hollywood and I'll make sure you get some work and become a professional son there. And I said, well, that's what I want, Hank. Well, a couple of years later, I moved to Hollywood and stayed there for 30-something years. Done over 100 uh, feature films. I can't even count the TV shows. <laughs> but uh, I had no trouble with knowing what my job description was going to be. That's what I wanted. Well, and you and Bunker were in a number of uh, uh, films together as stunt guys. And one of them that uh, comes to mind is... Uh, the uh, uh, Judge Roy Bean movie with uh, Paul Newman. <laughs> and Neil got shot up in the uh, uh, in the bar scene, 
And then Bunker, and then Bunker gets hung. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that that that's just well, just you know, way too cool what's stuff. what's the need is when when I started, I, one of the first guys I met was Neil. Was on the Outrage, mm-hmm. and he'd already done a couple of shows. Uh, but we, you know, for some reason, we hit it off, and so we we kind of buddied up. And it was in those days, it was like rodeo, and you know, you just you'd you'd, you'd ask around, find out where the next movie mm-hmm. is, and you'd head on down the road. And we just partnered up for years. Uh, Neil mentioned Arizona Raiders, the Audie Murphy. That's where I got my card too. You know, because we were out there. You know, we were young, not dumb, but not knowing. And we were just ready to do whatever they asked us to do. And when the show was over, Murphy appreciated what what we had done. Mm-hmm. And he went to the guy, John, I think John Hall's brother, I don't remember his first name, uh, but told him, you know, what what can we what can I do to thank these guys? And he said, well, they'd like their SAG card. Yeah. And it was like they offered it by like about six of us. And Neil and me were the only two that took them up on hmm. it. Uh, did either of you ever uh, work on uh, or with Yakima? Well, uh, Real Lobos. Real Lobos. Yeah. That, that was it. That's the only yeah, one, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. But I worked. I worked with Tap and Joe on a couple of things. I know. And I know Neil has. Uh, and these guys were hilarious. Yeah, I did the last five men with with Joe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he was Tom Hester's permanent double. When we did the last hard man, uh, Joe was the coordinator on that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, it was it was just a good time. We were young and tough and. Uh, uh, there's, there's no way to call it stupid because we made a living at it, and uh, so we had our dream. We 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 did mm-hmm. what we wanted to do, and we made a living at it. Well, and there's obviously nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I think it's just great. We're talking with uh, stuntman Neil Summers and uh, Bunker DeFrance, who's also a retired stuntman, here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And uh, what we're doing is uh, talking about uh, Yakima Canute, and uh, we invite you to telephone in if you'd like. Phone number is right up there on the screen, 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. You can also send us an email at voicesofthewest at gmail.com. Yeah, gmail.com. And uh, do check out the Facebook page. We have stuff up there from time to time and uh, lots of of neat goodies coming up uh, in, in there, too. So... We've got to do that uh, other uh, next break thing here, and, uh, well, maybe we don't. Something, Harry. I don't know what I'm doing here. I guess I'm not going to do a break, so. We're not. No, I guess I'm not we'll going to do a break. We'll talk about our sponsors. Well, our sponsors. Who are our sponsors? We have bunches of nifty sponsors here. Um, we have Zach and Schmidt's PLC, Elder Law Attorneys and Trusts and all that other happy stuff engaged in the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can take care of anything that you need, and I mean anything. If they don't have the uh, wherewithal to do it, they'll find you an attorney to do that. Arizona Computer Guru is one of our other sponsors, and the guys over there uh, take care of us right here. They're the ones responsible for keeping us uh, on the air, as it were, keeping our websites <laughs> up and uh, everything else that goes along with that IT stuff. Arizona Computer Guru, you know, they'll, they'll be able to help you out no matter where you are. And they've got a really cool uh, service. It's a, professional, a personal service where they will uh, watch your computer uh, for a monthly fee. And it's not outrageous or anything like that. For a monthly a fee, they'll watch your computer to make sure no cooties get in it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm. 
You mean you can turn your computer on and just go away and yeah, I'll sit yeah. there and watch yeah. it for you? Yeah, I mean, mine's been uh, uh, keeping an eye on mine right now. <laughs> so the, there's there's that. So another sponsor is uh, Imus Wilkinson uh, Investments. Uh, Wilkinson over there has uh, been a longtime sponsor of this program. And uh, anything about money, they'll be happy to take care of for you, uh, help you spend it in a much wiser fashion <laughs> well, as you well. you get more money back for your money. Tucson Trap and Skeet is another of our sponsors. Tucson Trap and Skeet Club is uh, the premier uh, trap and skeet place here in southern Arizona. They are and always, around the world. And around the world. They're always hosting all kinds of neat stuff there. And uh, so that... Uh, uh, that would be that would be the Tucson Trap and Ski Club. TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com, I believe, is the uh, uh, web address. Just do a search for Tucson Trap and Ski Club. You'll find them. Uh, all kinds of things go, uh, going on uh, there, especially in the winter time. One of our other sponsors is Paul Ash Management. Yes, and that is where we are broadcasting from. Is the beautiful Paul Ash Studios here in Tucson. And uh, Paul Ash Management, uh, well, no matter where you are in the country and probably the world, they can manage a property for you. And they'll do it very happily and very, 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 very professionally. No question about that. Did you hear that, Neil? They can handle your property. That they see. Uh, another one I is... I heard it. I'm listening. Okay. Uh, one of our other sponsors uh, is uh, Horsing Around Rescue. Steve Boyce down in uh, southeast Arizona has got a horse rescue outfit. And uh, they're just a cool place, and we we love them to death. And uh, check them out on on uh, the web also at horseandaroundrescue.org. O R G. Empire Ranch Foundation. Uh, Bunker is still with the Empire Ranch. I'm no longer with the board, but uh, still love that place to death. It's uh, one of the oldest uh, uh, ranches in southern Arizona, and. Uh, and the home of Red River. And the home of Red River. I mean, there were tons of movies filmed out there, and uh, so, uh, and a lot of the graphics that you see, yeah, movie and, and western, and a lot of the graphics that you see uh, in the opening and, and closing uh, production of, of this uh, program uh, are uh, uh, filmed out at um, the Empire Ranch. So now that I have that, I have to do this to make everything nice and legal. You know, Neil, if I that don't... That was for Neil, too. Yeah, if I don't play that uh, that tune in some variation, the France walks off the set. So, I do. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll quit you cold. We got we got to have him in there. We love the High Chaparral as well. Yeah. One of our favorite, if not the favorite, television hey, show. Neil uh, and I learned so much on that show from, from Henry and the other stunt guys that were there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, and that's how when you're starting out, you know, you... No matter how much you know, there's all too much more to learn. Well, those were the heydays of filming in Tucson, motion pictures, you know, in the, the 60s and early 70s. And doggone it, I wish it would come back. Well, don't we all? And I'd be young enough to do it again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, we're, uh, we're talking about uh, stuntman extraordinaire Iakama Canute. And Bunker showed me a listing of the movies that 
uh, Yak did, and this was from 1912 to about 1930. And and, 1915 to 1935. And it covers it covers a page and a half. And Bunker two, uh, actually two and a half pages. It, this is Bunker, this is not this is not the eight by ten. This is the uh, long eight and a half, legal size. Yeah, by fourteen, and it's, and it's uh, two and a half pages, and, and that's just a small part. There's a week. He's got to have had at least 500 uh, credits, and that's just the stuff that people know about. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, Go ahead, guys. Well, you know, let's talk about Ben-Hur for a minute, I think, because, you know, that that chariot race over there was a 20-minute sequence. Wow. He was over there for two years. He, He was training all of these Italian and other stuntmen from all over Europe to do it, he had, he had both of his sons doubling the stars for that big chariot race. And a funny thing is that he, uh, he spent six weeks teaching Heston how to, do, how to do his chariot work. And Heston looks like he knows what he's doing. Wow. Of course, this, he was a really dedicated actor yeah, to what yeah. he was doing. Uh, but one of the interesting things is uh, they're getting ready to do the shot, and... Uh, Heston just said, you got any last-minute advice? And he says, Yuck says, yeah. He says, just stay in the chariot. You're going to win the race. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a dry humor. Yeah, we've, all, we've, also, got, we've also got to mention uh, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, Van Hur coverage you just put on there, Steve, that we actually killed one of the Italian sun guys, uh, <laughs> In that in that big wreck that's in that film, that gentleman actually got killed in that film. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing was, no horses were harmed. Supposedly, <laughs> <laughs> which will make which, which will make the PETA people happy. You know, they don't care. You can wipe out a hundred stuntmen, but boy, you get you, you scratch a horse and you're in trouble. Let's talk about the innovations that Yak brought to uh, stunt work. And uh, we've mentioned previously the, the where he set pretty much the standard for the barroom fight, if you will, that we we've, mm-hmm. we've all been seeing. Well, you use camera angles. Yeah, instead, okay. So instead, just instead talk, talk of about instead that. of you know, it's because like in the old days, the guys they'd just kind of get in there and wail on themselves. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, one of the guys would connect with one of his punches, you know, and they'd get mad. And then you'd have a real fight. And the funny thing, those real fights. Just don't look as good as a as a staged fight. They never do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know. But uh, yeah, and uh, well, you, just to give you an example, like one of the things that he did for Stagecoach is he had these spreaders made to keep the teams apart so that they couldn't come in and mash mm-hmm. him. Uh, another thing that he uh, innovated, and it wasn't for this. I don't know. It probably was before that. He would put a running board down on the on the tongue of the wagon, mm-hmm. so that he would have, so that he could run up that thing. And you, you, when you're shooting it from the side, you don't see it. But it gave him a wide enough platform and stable enough platform that he could do it. Under mm-hmm. the stagecoach, he had rails, boat uh, mm-hmm. under there, and so that he could go hand over hand down to the end. Mm-hmm. Now this is something I didn't know until I was looking it up on, on for the show. But that stagecoach was an actual Concord that made the El Paso to San Diego run, wow. and it was like 80 years old. Wow. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing, too, which is interesting... Give is Neil the chance to talk. Well, yeah, go ahead and talk, Neil. <laughs> I, I, can, I can yak all day long. Oh, well, uh, take a pill and chill out. 
That's a good well, idea. I'm just sitting here, uh, uh, you know, thinking about that silent film that the Yak did where they had that killer horse, and he was a real killer mm. horse, you know. He already injured the two or three guys. and what It's the one where Yak is hanging on this horse's neck. And the horse is just doing everything to kill. I mean, seriously kill him, not a trained horse. Right. And he just hung on, and he hung on, and he hung on, and he just finally wore this killer horse down. But nobody in the world has been able to get on this horse or do anything with him until Yak came. I'm assuming because I'm talking for a man that's passed, uh, but when I say this, I mean it with all reverence. Maybe Yak had no fear. You know, uh, yeah. he just he just probably said, bring the damn horse in here, let me have a try at him. Yeah. He was not a big conversationist. He was he was uh, a tough taskmaster. A lot, of, a lot of men like Red Morgan and uh, Henry Wills and his two boys that were in his uh, stable, they all told you, all you do is when Yak is talking, you don't say a word. You just listen to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And what he's saying is what he wants. And he won't settle. <laughs> Excuse me. He won't settle for anything left. Right. So <clears throat> I'm assuming that's the way Yak did his own, own stunts, is that he wouldn't settle for anything that he didn't want to get. So exactly. he just wore that killer horse down. And that's amazing footage. It's never been seen or done before on any other films right up at the current date. It's never been done with a real killer horse. So it was just, just a crazy horse. Yeah, and it's never been equal. That was 1926, the devil horse. And he was also... Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. And, but you the know, amount that of is... time that he spent on that horse, they just let the camera go till it ran out of film. Yeah. But uh, the hmm. amount of time he put in that horse... Has never been duplicated by any other stuntman in any other scene of comparable shots up until this present day. Nobody's put that much time on film fighting a horse. No, and that's that is it's it's like it's like the stagecoach drag. You know, mm -hmm. it's just it's so iconic that you know you can't tell a story about stunts and and early cowboy movies without showing that clip because it it, it, it it's awe-inspiring. You know, you go, how the hell did he do it? The beautiful thing is that, uh, about what you guys do, it, it, you make it look so natural and spontaneous, but there's an awful lot of planning that goes in to each and every stunt. Am I correct on that? That's true, and part of it is staying alive. Well, that's the big one. That's, <laughs> that's the, the motivation. One. That's a, so. So the career. You, you, you have, you have no career if you if you're broke up. Mm -hmm. If you do something wrong and you break a, an elbow or a wrist or something, you have no career. The studios don't pay us. It's just lousy workman's comp. But mm -hmm. the studios don't pay us when we're broke up. So we we dig up the ground. We pad ourselves up. We pick our horses and we know we're going to get us to the spot. And we do what the coordinators tell us to do. And uh, we work with our fellow stuntmen to get through a scene that, uh, so everybody comes out healthy. But mm -hmm. if you mess up by accident or just being ignorant, you're not going to make a living very long in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You know, as a crash and burn guy, you, you know, you, they're not interested in daredevils. They want people to know the camera and know what the uh, hell is. You've got to give the director the shot he wants. And then they'll let us go sit on the porch and have a cigarette mm -hmm. for the smokers and smoke. But mm -hmm. it is not a game. It, it's it's life-threatening life, uh, at times. 
It's exciting. You do world travel. Uh, I got to go to Spain for Sergio Leone, and it, it, there's so much perks and uh, what have you. I'm working probably 30 out of the lower 48 states. The weather did about eight Magnum PIs over in Hawaii, mm -hmm. and it's a great business. It's a great living, but you have to keep your wits about you doing stunts, mm -hmm. or you're going to wind up on a, a gurney in the back of an ambulance, <laughs> and that's when the payroll stops for you. We are talking about uh, the stunt career of uh, and the career of Yakima Canute and Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. If you'd like to get involved in our conversation, 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. Shoot us an email at uh, voicesofthewest at gmail.com, and we'll be able to get you uh, uh, some stuff here. And let me see. i got somebody here who has responded. Uh, email? Yeah, an email. Let's see. Oh. This is from Catherine Phipps, and she says she doesn't get a chance to listen too often. But she had to tune in for Neil and Steve. Oh. And yay for the Brits. Uh, she relates uh, it relates to you, Neil, regarding being a stuntman. As a five-year-old, I always wanted to be a cowgirl, and look at me now. There you go. And uh, so there you go. There you are. What else? That's we, it. There, there's nothing else Anybody you can say about Anybody tells you to give up your dream, get the hell away from them. That's right. Yeah, you only much. got one life, and you've got to be happy while you're here. Exactly. Well, you know, Neil mentioned uh, Sergio Leone, and there's there's a, there's a Sergio Leone connection to Yakima. Okay. He was one of his assistants on Ben Hur. Wow. And I just wonder how much that influenced him for his later movies. Hmm. Hmm. Well, guys, I think we're going to try this one more time here. Well, another commercial. Let's uh, see. It's our last one. Let's see. Let's see if it works. If it works. There it goes. Now it's working. We'll be back with much more of Emma Francis, the Voices of the West. After these important messages, we get out of this particular the cattle driver. So they're, they're moving up. They're moving up. <laughs> much more on the program right after this. Do call in if you'd like. 4908 West Voices of the West will be right back. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Tucson Estate Planning, where attorneys Ron Zach and Chanel Schmitz design estate plans to keep you out of court. There are so many people who say they do estate planning. What they're doing is they're just picking up forms. It's not a lot different than just going out and getting your own forms and filling them out. That causes a lot of problems. We know what goes to court. We know what problems come up. Zach and Schmitz, PLC. Estate planning attorneys you can trust. 520-664-3420. 
at TucsonEstatePlanning.com. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Welcome back to In Front Six Voices of the West. There was a gun that won the West. There was a man among the best. The fastest gun or man alive. I had born into that hole. Uh, there we go. Now we got it. We're back. We're back together. <laughs> I swear. Oh, mercy. I'm just going to go home and shoot yourself. And sh- no, I'm not going to shoot myself. You have a double shot. I'm going to have, I ain't going to have no ch- double shot, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to be having a triple shot, if not the entire bottle. You know, there's, there's, I, got, I got to mention one picture that Yak did because it's like you, when you name it, you, you automatically go, what? He was coordinated the ostrich races in Swiss Family Robinson for Disney. Now let's talk about that for a moment. I, I mean, you know, ostriches aren't necessarily trained, <laughs> are they? Well, they were for him. I reckon they were, huh? He, he spoke. He was an ostrich whisperer. Ostrich whisperer. Like <laughs> do, do it, or you're going to be a big drumstick. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Wow. Well, you know what's. I want to I want to hit some some of the later movies towards the end not towards the end of his career because this is going from the fifties but just to show you that he was an international Ivanhoe over in England Knights of the Round Table over in England Helena Troy over in Spain uh, Ben Hur of course Spartacus El Cid How the West Was Won Fall of the Roman Empire then along comes Cat Ballou uh, Khartoum over in the Sudan. Uh, the Flim Flam Man, which, if you anybody that remembers that, the end of the movie is is kind of like the end of uh, Wild Mad Mad World. It's just pandemonium in this town. It's like they wrecked the town, mm-hmm. and it's just so good. And of course, one that always intrigued me, Song of Norway. I can't not imagine what he what done in that. He must have coordinated the glaciers or something. <laughs> Move slowly, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn. And he did Break Heart Pass as well. Yeah, that was, that was his last one, right? Uh, no, that, well, that was 76, and I don't think that was his last, because he, that, that might have been, he was right up there, because he went up to 75, 76 is when he retired. Neil, did you ever have any aspirations to go into second unit directing or stunt coordinating or anything of that nature? Well, I did some stunt coordinating on the, on the Italian TV series that I co-starred in, with Terrence Hill, we shot for two years in Santa Fe, and I was the uh, American liaison with Terrence Hill's double, who was an Italian gentleman. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I, I coordinated a few commercials and this, uh, but I don't like the meetings. 
it's like watching Congress right now. Barbed wire and this and this. I can, you know, just do something. Let's put a camera up. Let's go. I don't like the meetings, the scouting locations, all that rigmarole that you have to go through. But I'm all hyper once we know we're going to do the job. And uh, that's basically my take on uh, getting in the uh, production end of it. I didn't like it. I like to be told what to do and uh, let somebody else have the headaches of getting it all done. Well, you know, it's I, like, like, I like that attitude. Well, you know, it's like the old stuntman saying, the hell with the dialogue, let's wreck something. Yeah, let's wreck something. Let's beat up on somebody or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that's yeah. great. That's great. Most excellent. What else can we talk about? Uh, well, let me think here. I mean, let me let me peruse I mean, my we've got misinf- all, we've, we've my done the filmology and yeah, we've got, got some bios and all that other got, happy stuff. Got, let's see what we get. Well, you know, let's see. Uh, the, like Neil mentioned, he got the Academy Award uh, for his contribution to the stunt industry. Uh, ben Hur itself won eleven Academy Awards. And it was Best Picture, uh, Best Actor for Heston, uh, Best Director. Uh, you know, it's just William Wyler. Uh, let's see, what, is, what do we got here? You can't even read your own writing. It's well, so, if, it's you, so if, faint. if you wrote like I would, you wouldn't even try writing. Thank you know, goodness. That's, uh, thank goodness. That's why I don't do that anymore. Yeah, well, let's see. What else have I got here? Jump in there, Neil. Oh, let me let me run through that, that crazy, crazy, crazy list of mine that goes on forever. Because I got one. Maybe Neil can help me figure this out. You only got five minutes. Okay. Well, <laughs> in 1925... Uh, Yak did a, a picture called The Cactus Cure. Now, that's when he was acting. Mm-hmm. And his character's name was Bud Osborne. Now, I'm just curious whether that was a typo of some kind, because that's around the time that Bud Osborne was starting. You know, he was he was probably the top coachman in the business for 50 years. And I'm thinking probably that Bud was... was uh, a, a player in that, and that wasn't the character's name. You got any ideas on that, Neil? Well, just what I know about Yak, he hated dialogue. He had a horrible voice, and uh, they didn't dub him in in the early 30s films, obviously, so you could see the awful, gravelly voice. It was hard to understand what he was saying. So uh, it could have been when Bud was on the show or something, that he had some name that he had to say, that Yak had to say. They said, let me just call him Bud. I can remember Bud. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be my take on that, because, yeah, Osborne was around in that day and age. But I just got to see that Yak tried to make it as easy as he possibly could on himself. Mm-hmm. Well, there's another one going going a little further on here in the silent action. 1926, he did a picture called The Outlaw Breaker, and in that, he played a character, Yak Darnell. He played more Yak characters. <laughs> I don't know why. Like Neil says, you know, remember the name. But he was also the producer and the writer on that hmm. one, which was, you know, was quite common back. You know, Maynard mm-hmm. and Mix, all those guys. They just The companies would turn them over to these guys, and they'd get the budget, and they'd, they'd make the picture themselves. Yeah, well, they could also be listed as a writer and producer if they made one little change in the script too, right? Well, not back then. You oh, didn't have all the union rules, oh, okay. so that okay. was a whole different thing. All right. He did another one in 26, Iron Rider, where he was also the producer. Uh, moving on here, what is it? Oh, this is interesting. 1929, The King of the Range, that was the mascot serial. That was the first partial sound serial. In other hmm. words, part of it was, you know, mm-hmm. recorded and part of it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Hmm. 
And moving on again, we got we got uh, in 30, 1930, the Cheyenne Kid. He did the story for it, and of course the stunts. Uh, moving further on up in here into the future, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Hurricane Horseman. He was stunt un, uncredited, and it's like this is over and over. Uncredited stunt double for Lane Chandler, and he doubled Chandler quite a bit too. Tom Keene. How how important is it in the, the career in in you guys's career to be credited? I mean, you, you can list on the resume or, or sheet or whatever that yeah I, I appeared in this movie, this movie, this movie, this movie, but I was not credited. I mean, is is that something that does that hinder you from? It doesn't further? hurt you. Okay. Well, here's the thing, and, and and Neil can attest to this too. Well, a lot of times, especially by the time we were in the business, uh, you'd get a job on a show, the stunt coordinator hire you, but it'd be a stunt part, mm-hmm. and they they would give the coordinator the control to hire stunt parts as mm-hmm. opposed to the casting director. Mm-hmm. So you know, a couple of years later, you go into on an interview somewhere, and there look, and there on your credit is that picture, and the casting director looks at it, gives you the old stink eye, and goes, you know. I was casting director on that picture, and I didn't hire you. Yeah, right. And you go, well, I was hired by the stunt coordinator. Well, either way, it's like sticking, poking your finger in the guy's eyes. He's because one, he thought he caught you. Two, you corrected him, and you're probably not going to get the part. Hmm. Right? Is that is that about right, Neil? Well, my take on that is that we've all got egos. So I've done some stuff that I'm pretty proud of, and I, mm-hmm. I want to be credited for it. But if it's uh, doing stunts and all that, uh, no, I just want to come out of it alive. But some of the acting parts they gave me, and some of them were major roles. And uh, I co-starred with Drew Barrymore in Bad Girls, and uh, big, big creature parts like that. Yeah, I want credit because of my mm-hmm. ego. And, you know, there's a the thing on the flip side of that, too, is the stunt guys that Neil and I looked up to and wanted to emulate, these guys, they didn't get credit for doing all of that work because back then a stuntman right. wouldn't go around and say, I, oh, I double John Wayne. I, yeah, right. Because, one, the studio would fire you. Yeah. And the other thing was it just it was respect for the actors. Sure. Yeah, I can understand that. Guys, we are out of time. Neil, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, and to talk about Thank the, you, the sir. Great, I appreciate it. All right, the great Yakima Canute. And uh, more fun you. than a sack full of squirrels. Indeed. Today. We will be, uh, what are we doing next week? We are doing uh, Lost Minds. I lost and, your mind. And yeah. uh, I lost my mind a long, long time ago. But these are, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's what we're doing next uh, <laughs> next time we meet here on Amo uh, Francie's Voices of the West. Keepers. Until then, <laughs> thank you so much thank and you, so long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.